We thank you, God, for your mercy. Your mercy is new every day. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to forgive us. Lord, we thank you, God, for your incredible presence. We thank you, Lord, right now for your incredible presence falling on us. Lord, we're not distracted from things around us right now, but we lift up our hearts. We lift up our hearts. We lift up our soul. We lift up our spirit to you, God, and we give you praise. And we thank you that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega, and nothing stands in front of you, Lord. You are you are above every angel, every demon, every principality, Lord. You are the Lord of all creation. Nothing has come into being without you, Lord. Everything was made by you, through you, and for you. By you, through you, and for you, Lord. We thank you and we lift up holy hands, God, today. And we thank you that you counted us, Lord. You counted us in your team, in your army, Lord. That you call us sons and daughters of the living God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, God, inside of each and every one of us. And we thank you, God. This is not based on performance, but based on the cross of Jesus Christ, Lord. What you did on the cross... We reflect on that right now, God, that you died for our sins, that you were raised from the dead, God, so that we could have resurrection power on the inside of us. And God, that nothing would be impossible for us with God because of your resurrection power, because you overcame. You are the great overcomer. You are the faithful lamb of God that went to the cross for us. Wow, we're in awe, we're amazed, we're amazed, we're in awe, we're amazed at your mercy, we're amazed at your grace, we're amazed at your love, we're amazed at your faithfulness, we're amazed, we're amazed God at your great mercy for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Why don't you give Jesus a massive cheer, a shout of joy. Thank you that I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm restored. I'm healed. I'm forgiven. Amen. Amen. Come on, raise the roof. Come on, raise the roof. I mean, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Amen. Come on, let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about you. Oh. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. You are worthy of our praise. Come on. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. Oh, you're worthy. Yeah. Come on. Tell him one more time. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. That's so awesome. Wow. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray. I pray for today. I pray over the word of God today. I pray that the word would take root in each heart. And Lord, that you would edit my words and you would deliver to each heart as you see fit. Lord, the message that you need each person to hear today. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide each and every one of us in 2024, Lord, and beyond, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Say hi to someone, and you may be seated. And uh, that's awesome. Wow. So good. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. I'm amazed. I'm wowed. Who's amazed at the worship here today? Come on. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. That's incredible. Can we can we give it up for uh, the team? Just just thank them. That's amazing. And 
Can we give it up for Sarah Weir as our incredible worship leader? It's like she pulls it all together and uh, wow, it's so good. So good to be back. <laughs> so good to be back. Oh, for you who don't know, I've had a couple of weeks off with COVID and stuff and sickness and whatever, but I reckon the enemy's a bit nervous about 2024. I reckon that noise was the devil grumbling at us. He was like, because our worship was so good. Amen. But, oh, no, no devil's in this joint. Do you know, Jesus has all authority. All authority. And do you know, Jesus gave you all authority? He gave it to you. He said, I've given you, I have given, past tense, all authority to trample on snakes and serpents, to trample on the enemy when he comes against you. And, you know, he might come at you, but God always wins. Amen. Jesus is the victor. So good to see so many people back today. So good. Um, We're going to continue our worship with our tithes and offerings. Um, If you're a visitor, there's no pressure. Um, Even if you're not a visitor, there's no pressure to give. We want to give out of a cheerful, generous heart. And um, we're a tithing church. We believe in tithing. We believe in offerings and giving. And we're a generous church. For a small church, we're an incredibly generous, bold, far-reaching church. That's who we're going to be, far-reaching And uh, so the details are up on the screen if you want to give by direct debit or we have the attendants coming around with the buckets. But like I said, there's no pressure. Let me pray over our tithes and offerings today. Thank you, Father, for increase in our worlds as we give, not just of our finances, Lord, but of our time, of our efforts, of our gifts. But Lord, let us be big givers. Let us be generous. Let Let us be outrageous givers in this church, that we're going to do big and mighty things for the mission that is set before us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that that all our giving, God, is going towards a purpose of extending the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, bless the givers. Amen? Amen. So good. Well, beautiful Sarah. You can just swim around in that for a minute close your eyes just let the Holy Spirit minister to you going through a tough time right now. I pray for grief. I pray, Lord, that even though we don't understand lots of things, today we just choose to trust. We choose you. And we choose to trust your word over our circumstances. And we put our whole faith hope and life in your word because your word is eternal and your word will never let us down and you cannot lie and so Lord I pray that we would receive your word today into our hearts with faith by faith fill us Lord right now with your joy and your peace that surpasses all understanding. Let it guard our hearts and minds. And let no negativity, discouragement, disappointment steal our joy or our peace that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Say amen, Jesus. Yes. So good. Wow. So anointed, Sarah. Weird. <laughs> it's hard to say, okay, can you stop now? <laughs> it's hard to say, but can you stop now? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Come on, give her some encouragement. 
Me and the young chicks went out last night, didn't we? Young girls, Johanna and Lissy and Leisha. It was so much fun. We celebrated Johanna's birthday. 16, stand up, Johanna. Say happy birthday, Johanna. 16, 16. Sweet 16, right? Amazing. And uh, we just want to acknowledge the passing of Dot's mum. Uh, which is a massive thing this week. So we love you. We're praying for you, Mick, um, as you let go and you grieve. And uh, they had the funeral last week. So we acknowledge your beautiful mum who's in heaven dancing with Jesus out of pain, right? Isn't it great to know that we have a final destination and there's a victory at the end? Amen. So, yeah, we love you. I uh, just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, so good. So what do I have to tell you? I do before I preach. I do have to tell you, um, Vision Sunday, I'm a bit excited about next Sunday. A bit excited about Vision Sunday. What is Vision Sunday? It's where I um, encourage you to write down your dreams, your goals for 2024. And we're going to have an anointing service. And I'm going to pray with each and every one of you over your dreams, um, over your goals for 2024. We're going to bring them into the agreement of God's word, right? And we're going to pray and believe that you're going to see what's written on your piece of paper. Write the vision down, right? And, and a herald will run with it. An angel will run with it and bring it to, bring it to pass. And so really think about that this week. So bring something, a piece of card, a piece of paper, I don't care, a napkin, I don't mind, a bit of toilet paper, whatever, whatever you fancy, but make sure it's written. It's written. Write it down. Have a think about this week. What do I really want to see come to pass in 2024? So good to have James and Romana back. Amen. So good to have you back. Romana's got a little bump there. It's getting bigger. That's exciting. And um, so, you know, I know something's going to happen for you in 2024. (laughs) She's going to birth something, that's for sure. (laughs) Someone, right? So let's really think about what you want to birth this this year in 2024 um, and write it down. We're going to pray for that. So it's exciting. And um, we've got a couple of little surprises next Sunday, but that's it enough, all I'm going to say. Next Saturday night, we have a worship practice. Sarah Weir, worship practice here starts at 7 p.m., 7 p.m. till 9 p.m., 6 p.m., 6 p.m., thank you very much. 6 p.m. If you're not on the worship team, but you would like to be on the worship team, come, 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 be involved, get involved. I'm looking at James. No, I'm not. No, no, no manipulation there. But uh, if you want to be involved, come along. Um, It's going to be a great night. So that's next Saturday night. Once a month, we're going to have worship practice here. Amen. So into the word of God. I... I am pretty excited about this word because it's about the word. And um, we've been in a series of faith in January. And the faith series continues with me talking this morning about faith in his word. Faith in his word. And um, I've, I've named this uh, sermon. Oh, by the way, can we thank Phil Jagger for stepping in last minute, last Sunday? <laughs> thank you so much with faith. By faith, he stepped in by faith. I think I gave him five minutes' notice. Uh, so thank you so much. Did great, such a great job. Um, and uh, Linny, the, the the week before. So the Jaggers, thank you so much. Um, yes, thank you. We'll have to get Leisha up next week just to to con- get the whole family in it. Yeah, she's shaking her head at me. Um, I started to think about. Uh, a sermon title, and I, and I thought, this is perfect. This is God speaking to you. I gave you my word. I gave you my word. It's past tense. It's, it's, I gave it to you already. The word of God, the Bible, the word of God is something we can live by, something we can hang our hat on, something we can go to in times of distress, something we can go to when we're grieving, something, something we can go to at all times. It is a rock. It is immovable. God's word is immovable. Uh, We move, but God's word does not move. 
God's word is solid. It's, it's, it's an incredible, and it is living and active. It cuts through bone and marrow. How incredible is that? The word of God can slice through everything. The word of God is actually living. I wanted to start with a scripture in 1 John 1, verse 1 to 5 this morning. And this says it all really. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that what we've seen and heard so that you may have also have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's not the one I meant. But anyway, that's a really good scripture. <laughs> that's a really good scripture. I meant John, just John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, that says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. That one. Let me just go there. But I love that scripture. I probably wrote it wrong. It's probably my fault. It's, oh, and we write this to make our joy complete. Yep, come on, bring it. The word became flesh in chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, and then it calls the word him, Jesus. Through him, all things were made. Without him, Jesus, the word, nothing was made. Nothing was made without the word. The word is the creative force there, see? That has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In the beginning was the word, the word the word was with God, the With God, the word was God. Jesus was with the Father and the word of God. Nothing was made without the word of God. The Father spoke, let there be light. There was light. The word of God is the most incredible creative power. Why do I want you to write your visions down next week? Because I want you to speak them. I want you to write them. I want you to speak them over your life. I want you to be able to proclaim them. I want the Holy Spirit to get on them and be in agreement with you that the word would create the actual circumstance you want to see, right? The outcome. But in the beginning is the word. So we have to go back to the beginning and be a creative force. Isn't it incredible the power of the word of God? The power of your words in fact, you know, my dad was an incredible businessman and he was, he was, uh, he worked for a massive company, um, called Brambles. In fact, you might've seen clean away bins around the joint. Yeah. He designed that logo, my dad, he worked for clean away and he, he used to do business. He'd have business lunches, you know, old fashioned business lunches. And he used to make deals with a handshake and a word. And my dad got so discouraged in business when he got out of that big company. He, got, he was so discouraged because what happened to him was he made a handshake and, a, and he had a word with somebody, but they broke their word to him. And now to him, that was the worst sin on earth because you just broke a contract. You see, back in the day, they, they, that you would have an affluent family and all of the, the reputation fell on the name of that family. Like the name of the father, the father's, the father's family, you know. Um, you know, the Burks, the Burke family. Paul Burke said he would do that. You would think, oh, you would look at the man. You would look at his integrity. You would look at his reputation. You would think, well, Paul Burke said it. He'll, he's going to do it. How many people know if Paul Burke said he'd do something, he'll do it? Amen. <laughs> You can rest on his word. And back in the day, that's all they had. They, no, nobody was writing visions down and getting them prayed for in 2024. They weren't doing that. They had their word. They only had their word. It was a contract. If you said you would do it, you would do it. And then that, that whole reputation rested on that. My dad got super discouraged and he eventually left that and he became 
you know, a great entrepreneur and build a business up from scratch and made it a million-dollar business. And he was really successful. But because he had integrity on his word and people trusted him. But, you know, it, it's incredible to me now how, how little we put on somebody's word. Oh, they said it, but do we really believe it? But how do we, how do we approach the word of God in that respect? Oh, God said... I gave you my word. And how do we respond? I'm not sure, Lord, if that's re- if you really mean that. Or do we say, he said it. My father, my father with the greatest reputation, the greatest name in heaven and earth, the, the name above every other name, the name that actually demons flee from, the name, the name of God, the, all the names of God, faithful, true, miraculous, healer, all that stuff, all is, if you think about the names of God, do we rest on the names and go, oh, he said it, he'll do it. But we, sometimes we approach the word of God, don't we? We go, oh, that's such a nice word. <laughs> but is it really for me? And when we look at our circumstances and we, and, we, and we look at what's happening in our circumstances and it looks like all craziness or all, all, all hell's breaking loose and then we look at the word of God, there's a great divide. So how do we apply the word of God to our circumstance? We proclaim it, we speak it, we believe it in our heart. It says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and if that's how salvation can come, oh my word. If we get saved through our own words, we get saved. That's incredible if you think about salvation comes to us through our heart believing and what we say about Jesus. What we say is that he is the Lord of Lords, that he died for our sins and he was, and he wrote, was raised from the dead. If we say that with our mouth, believe that with our heart, we're saved. That's crazy to me. But it's about the heart. The heart has to have the word in it first for you to be able to say it because you know what? Out of the overflow of the heart comes the words. Amen? So if we get our hearts right, if we get the soil right in our hearts, then our words will be right. Let's first tender our hearts, right? And I wanted to to look at you, uh, sorry, to look at you, to look at Luke 6, uh, 46 to 49 in, in context with what I've just said. Luke 6, 46 to 49, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. Amen? But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. It's incredible. So what's the Lord showing us there is that if you build your foundation on the word of God, not your circumstances, not your family history, not your sickness, not whatever's coming at you, but if you build the foundation of the word of God, that's the truth. That will hold you in times of trouble. When the storm comes, it'll hold you. It'll hold you fast. You can be guaranteed the word of God will work. How long do you believe the word of God for your circumstances to change? Until. Until they do. (laughs) How long's that? I don't know, but God does. But if you keep being faithful, faithful with the word, faithful to apply the word, faithful to do what God says, you will see a harvest. Amen. Billy Graham says God will not reward uh, fruitfulness. He'll reward faithfulness. Amen. And let's, I wanted to sort sort of look at a good person in the Bible that had incredible faith. And who was faithful, and and I stumble across the the faith of the centurion, and I know I know Linny um, alluded to that in her sermon, and the faith of the centurion amazed Jesus. So, do you want to kind of know what that kind of faith is? Who would like the kind of faith that would amaze Jesus? Jesus was. It says that Jesus was only amazed twice in the Bible. 
The first time he was amazed at the disbelief, the unbelief in his local town, that he couldn't do any miracles there because of the unbelief. He was amazed. He was shocked. And the second time, he was amazed by one man's faith. And this man is a centurion soldier who's oppressing the Israelites at the time was Roman occupation. So if you think about this, this is incredible. This is, a, this is an outsider. This is, this is God showing us faith through an outsider, not an Israelite, not, not, not you know, a Pharisee, not a, Sag- not, not, not a religious person. This was a man outside of, actually some people would have hated. And what is a centurion? A centurion is a man who has authority over a hundred men, centurion. He has authority over a hundred men. He's disciplined. He's, he's uh, well-trained. He's, 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 a, he's an intelligent man who, who knows what it's like to send a word out as a command and have his soldiers obey him. That's his understanding of the word. His understanding of Jesus at the time was that he must have heard about Jesus because just just before this story of the faith of the centurion, Jesus had just done one of the most incredible miracles and fed all the people on the hill, like five or 6,000 people with, you know, with nothing. And so this news would have spread. This centurion would have just heard. He would have just heard about this Jesus. There would have been nothing written about Jesus. He just would have heard, oh, this guy's going out and he's doing incredible miracles and everything. Now, what happened in the story of the centurion is that his servant that he loved so much got really sick and was about to die. We'll pick it up in a minute. But I just wanted to talk to you, give you a picture of this centurion, who he was. He was brave, he was disciplined, he had a heart to do good and he was positioned. He was positioned to see this miracle. And, um, you know, it came to me, I thought, how this, this centurion, he, he really understood something about the spiritual world that I don't think we've kind of got a grasp on yet. And that's our authority and the power of the word and the commands coming down from God. And, you know, if we're in true reverence, true reverence of our authority, which we were when we worshipped him this morning, in true reverence, did you feel that? We lifted Jesus up high where he belongs. We put him at the front and centre of our worship. We praised him. We gave him the glory, everything he deserves. As we continue to do that, we recognise his authority. We recognise that he's the true authority. We recognise the authority comes down from him, down upon us. He has given us his authority, what to do, to go out and be a light. It says that the word of God came to be a light in men. And he will send us out into the dark places, into people's worlds, and we will be effective soldiers. We'll be effective and disciplined because we'll be trained by the word of God. Amen. I was listening to this podcast and... I, I, I can't take this for myself because it's too good. But uh, he was talking about um, leadership and he said, you know, soldiers with high morale, they're not happy. But they've got great morale, but they're not happy. They're confident, they're secure, and they're enabled to perform. They are not <laughs> well-fed, rested, and kept out of harm's way. I wonder how that looks when we think about the army of God. We come, we come, we come to church. Oh, I just want everything nice. I want to be safe. But unfortunately, C3 Church, you've got me as a leader who continues to be in your face about growing in Christ. I do it for your own good because it says, you know, he goes on to say that true fulfillment, true joy, true fulfillment is when you are like one of those soldiers. You have high morale. You're disciplined. You you are, are enabled to perform. 
if, if, if I stand up here and do everything, you're not enabled to perform. If I enable and encourage, say, yes, you can do it, encourage you to find your gift, to find your dreams, to write them down for Vision Sunday, to say, you know what, what I want to do with God, what I feel the call of God is on my life, this is what it is. I'm going to write it down. Do you know what? I'm sick of sitting in church and just listening to every sermon and not doing anything with it. I'm going to take the word of God seriously in 2024. I'm going to get the word of God in my life. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to go to war on the enemy. I'm going to chuck him out out of my life and I'm going to take a step forward because I believe that I've been called into the army of God for such a time as this because there's a great revival coming and I know that in in Penrith there's going to be so many souls saved there's going to be so many people healed there's going to be deliverance there's going to be worship I mean boom boom shake the room we are coming for you harvest we are coming for what God has called us to do we are not happy We, we are not happy with sitting back We will only be joyful, which is indifferent to being happy, but we will only be joyful and fulfilled and set on course with our purpose when we do what the Word of God says to do. Oh, that was a bit of a mouthful. Sorry, not sorry. The thing about the centurion, number one, he understood authority and humility. He was so humble. He was a leader. He was a centurion. He was over 100 men, yet he gave Jesus the ultimate authority, spiritual authority. He said, he, said to, he said to Jesus, if you just say the word, my servant who's sick will be healed. He understood that a word could go out and heal somebody. How incredible is that? He, was, he, he used words as commands. Let's read from Luke 7. Have you got that up there? Luke 7, chapter 1 to 10. Luke 7, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus, heard, and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this. Because he loves our nation and has, our, and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. There's such humility there. But say the word. Say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself... I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. Say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. How incredible is that? Jesus recognized and was amazed at this centurion's faith that just understood the line of command, understood the authority of the word. Number two point is that he understood the weight of the word of God, the weight of it. Sometimes we read the Bible and we go, that's a nice scripture. I want you to understand the weight of the word. It's weighty. The, the word of God has the power to transform you. The, what, it, has, it has the power to heal you. It has, it has resurrection power and it has, it's living and active. It's got weight. Have you ever had that experience? I know many of you would have had an experience when you've spoken the word of God to somebody and something changes in their heart. Amen. Quick story I had uh, was in Bible college in 1996. That was a long time ago. Studying full-time and um, I was in first year college and my mum lived up near Byron Bay and she she called me. She had been to the doctor with and come back with, um, she had this cancerous lump on her leg like the size of a tennis ball. And uh, she rang me, she was, you know, 
hadn't told me up until that point. It was probably growing and growing and growing and it got to the point where she probably decided to do something about it. Went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, this is really not good. This is cancerous. And my mum said, I need you to come. I need you to come to me now. And I'm in Bible college. And, and I'm just like, no, I can't. Like, like I have really important stuff to do at Bible college. And I remember this, this, this word about the centurion's faith just came into my heart. And I thought, wait, Jesus sent a word and, and, and his servant got healed. Maybe I can just send a word to my mum and she can get healed. So I said, mum, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that you get healed um, so that I don't have to come. Right? And so I know, right? And so, so I pray for her over the phone and I say, in Jesus' mighty name, you're healed. And then um, the next morning, I get this phone call from my mum. This is, I mean, this is crazy, but it hit the newspapers. I'll show you a picture in a minute. It hit the newspapers. Oh, you can bring it up. There you go. There's me and mum. This is in 1996, mum's miracle. This is in the newspaper. What happened was she got woken up in the night. She said she felt heat in her leg. She saw with her own eyes like two hands of light, light, full of light, two hands over, hovering over her leg. And the cancerous tumour, which was the size of a tennis ball, completely dissipated and went away. She went to the doctor the next day and showed the doctor her leg who could not believe it and said that is a medical miracle. Praise Jesus for that. I know that's hard to believe, but that actually happened. And they interviewed. And so they, we were going up to have a mission trip in Byron Bay. So happened. And so I eventually did get to mum and she came to Christ through that miracle. Amen? And she couldn't believe it. And I'm talking about the word of God and how it is living and active. And I just was, I reckon I was that naive and fresh and baby-like that I just believed the word. I mean, I just believed that story of the centurion. I've just nothing for me to not believe. I just said, well, if it's in the word of God, then I'm going to believe that. If, if Jesus healed the centurion's servant with a word, then he can heal my mum with a word. And I just believed it. And I really think this is a key church that we could go back to childlike faith, that we could just believe what the actual word says. And that's what actually God means. And we can take it into our heart, just like a child. It's when we get our mind in the way, when we get our, you know, our, our reasoning in the way that we, that we lose it. It comes against our faith, but faith, pure faith is just childlike faith. Amen. Can we get back to that as a church, just believing God? And what if it doesn't happen? Well, that was an amazing miracle, but it didn't happen to my mum. But God, only God knows. I can't explain healing to you. Some people get healed here on earth. Some people get healed in heaven. But ultimately, people get healed. That's all I can tell you. People get healed because of the resurrection. And people get healed because Jesus' stripes, what he took on the cross, brings healing. That's all I know. That's all what I believe. I believe in what the word says. I don't believe in the circumstances. And that was a great miracle and led, to, led her coming to Christ. It was amazing. What else about the centurion can we see in this story? That faith is linked with your understanding of your identity. Real faith is linked with your understanding of your own identity. And, you know, I think of the, I think of the very small police woman in a massive intersection and there's traffic going that way, traffic coming that way, traffic going, and all the lights are out, traffic lights are down. She's sent in to direct the traffic. She's standing there. She's about my height, five foot nothing. She's there. She has her uniform on, her police uniform, so that people will recognise her authority. Her, where does she get her authority she gets her authority from the state. 
She's there. She's got her authority from the state of New South Wales. She's got her police uniform on and she's in the middle of oncoming traffic both ways and she just goes. She's a small woman. She's got semi-trailers coming up that way. She's like, She knows who she is. She knows her authority. She's wearing a uniform from the state. Church, we're wearing a uniform from the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ, ambassadors, as though God were making his way through us. Do you know who you represent? Do you know the uniform you wear? Do you know the authority that you carry? Do you, do you have enough word of God in you to go? Stop, devil. Come, Holy Spirit. Stop, devil. Come, Holy Spirit. Word of God, come into my heart. Show me wisdom. James says, if you ask for wisdom, you'll get wisdom. I'm telling you that God says, it's saying to you, I gave you my word. I've I've given you everything. I've given you my son on the cross. I've given you all authority. I've given you my word. Now, what's the missing thing is are we applying it or aren't we applying it? And that's, that's actually what the big difference is when you start to see the word of God applied in your life. Like he said that you've built your, your house on a sure foundation. That's when you'll start to see results when you put your whole life Hang it on the word of God. Hang it on his faithfulness. Hang it on his faithfulness, not how good we are. We've got nothing, but he's got everything. We can hang it there. Amen. Imagine spending your whole life and not knowing what your father's will is. Your whole life and you never found out what your father's will, what was written in your father, in the, in the will for you. Your purpose your gift. This is why I'm getting excited about Vision Sunday. I want you to locate your gifting. I want you to locate what you want to do with Jesus, with God in 2024. You know, the centurion knew his authority. He knew his identity. He believed Jesus. He recognized, he recognized Jesus had ultimate authority, didn't he? Amen. Authority flows from a power source. Who's our power source? Jesus, right? Who overcame every single enemy. And and authority is delegated for a function and a purpose for service, for service. Amen. Romans 10 verse 14 and 15 says, how can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. You know, God watches over his word to perform it. Incredible. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. This is God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. You've seen correctly for I'm watching over my word to perform it. You know, when we speak God's word, all kinds of positive, incredible, miraculous things happen. But when we don't speak God's word, nothing happens. Amen. So we can start to push into 2024, giving, having the word of God as our weapon. It's our mass destructive weapon of warfare. And I started to think about how this was just like a private revelation for me, how the centurion had the faith to have his servant healed who was quite a long distance away from Jesus. He said, don't come to my house. I'm not worthy. But he believed that his servant would be healed from a distance. And I started to think about how the Bible was written with, you know, eyewitness accounts. Miracles were seen by the disciples and recorded. And here we are, like how many hundreds of years away in 2024 and 
we believing the word of God that was written from eyewitnesses back then and how we, we're putting our faith in, in a God we can't see and in a, in a, in a word that is, we, we believe was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I reckon that God is so pleased with us because he says, you know, greater, greater are the ones who have believed and not seen. Think about us. In, in the whole story of God, we're positioned in 2024 right at the beginning of the greatest revival in the great Southland. I'm proclaiming it. We're positioned. Us Motley crew, our crazy dad's army, we're going to get it together, right? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter about where you are right now. It matters about where you're going to set your eyes tomorrow and where you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, author and perfecter of our faith. But I started to see we are at the furthest away distance to Jesus being on the earth. Right here, right now, today. <laughs> We're the furthest away. In one minute, we'll be even further away. Think about it. Yet, we have faith. Yet, we believe. Yet, we put our faith in the word of God. Yet, we proclaim Jesus Christ as the saviour. Yet, do you see what I'm saying? We are so far away from seeing Jesus on the earth that those guys, all these guys that have written the word of God, so experienced all that stuff. But God speaks to us through his word every single day. So what we think is actually, oh, we're from a distance, yes, physically, but actually spiritually we are so close to the word of God because he is in our hearts. He said to to us he would never leave us, he would never forsake us. So even though we are physically so far away and we still believe, which is awesome because the Bible says we're going to get a greater reward because we believed by... just by hearsay, right? And by faith, we just, that's kind of faith is amazing to God. He's amazed with your faith. And I started to think, oh, okay, so, but the word of God is so in my heart because Jesus is in my heart. So the word of God is in my heart. And so he's at great proximity, great proximity. Think about the proximity of the word of God. But we put our faith, we have amazing faith, healing from a distance. I just absolutely believe that even though the centurion said, don't bother coming to my house because I'm not worthy, I actually believe that God's coming to your house in 2024. I believe he's coming into your family with powerful resurrection power. You're going to see, start to see miracles in your family. We've already started to see it in this church, haven't we? We've already started to see miracles in our families, amen? We've started to see daughters come back, sons come back. We've started to see mums and dads come to faith. We're starting to see something in our families first because that's how God works. He's going to work in the family. You are God's family. We are God's family. Even though we're dad's army or crazy motley crew, whoever we are, we are getting trained as an army. We're also so a family. Amen. And we are secure in who we are. We know our identity. We know the word of God. We, we're not after being happy. We're after being secure, right? Well-trained, enabled to, enabled to use our gift to extend the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And I believe that God is going to pour out so much grace on Penrith in 2024 as we head for our next tent and we head for for the mission that God's given us as a church. I believe that that's going to be supernatural finances coming. I believe there's going to be supernatural things happening all over the joint, but he's going to break out with miracles, break out with healings. There's there's miracles coming. You know, you think that's amazing that my mum got healed from a cancer cancerous lump on her leg. I'm telling you, there's miracles coming that are going to leave us amazed, gobsmacked, jaws on the ground. We're going to say, who is the King of Kings? His name is Jesus. Nothing is impossible. We're going to see John's leg grow out. Who believes that? We're going to see, we're going to see that prosthetic leg just get chucked out and chucked on the altar and he's going to dance all the way to heaven. I mean, not going to heaven yet, but you know what I'm saying? We're going to see miracles. We're going to lay hands on the sick and we're going to see instant miracles. We are a church that's going to be enabled, empowered, anointed to, to, to reach out to the lost of Penrith. What is our mission? Penrith. 
That's our mission. If we pour all our resources in, we pour all our focus, our prayers, our faith into Penrith. Imagine what we can see, not just in our families, but beyond. Are you with me? Soldiers of Jesus Christ, ambassadors, are you with me? Stand on your feet if you're with me. Stand up as we close this morning. Thank you, Sarah. I just want to pray over us this morning. I thank you, Father, for your word that you watch over it to perform it. I pray that this week, God, as we go to prayer with you about our dreams, our goals, our visions for the kingdom of God, that you would enlighten us, that you would download in us what you see, what you see, God. Because if you see it and you say it, it has to happen. And we thank you today for anybody here right now struggling in their faith. You may be here today, you're like, I want to have that kind of faith. I want to have the faith that amazes Jesus. If you're here today and you're struggling and you say, you know, I, I don't know if I've got that kind of faith, but I'm open to having that kind of faith. I just want you to say, yes to Jesus today. All you've got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. It's incredible to me. It's that easy. It's childlike faith. All you've got to do is say, yep, I'm going to believe that. If there's anyone here today, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Just say, yep, that's me. I'm going to believe today for the first time or if you're here today and you need to make a fresh comeback, you are fallen away, but you're here, you're like, no, nah, I'm going to be determined. I'm coming back to Jesus today. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you too. Say, I need a fresh, I need a fresh slate. I need, a, I need everything forgiven. And I'm going to come back to Jesus today. Just raise your hand now. And I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit. going to pray this prayer of salvation together to make sure every heart here knows the will of God. So say after me, church, say, Dear Jesus, I let you in. Come into my heart. Forgive me for every mistake. Wash me clean. I belong to you today. Show me your word for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, that's wonderful. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You're worthy. You're worthy of our praise, Lord. I just pray for every person here, Lord, to take courage in 2024. Take courage. I pray, God, that you would give us a clear picture of our giftings, where you've called us and I thank you that together we're going to do wonderful things in Penrith and we we're up for it Lord wherever you take us whatever you do with us in 2024 we're up for it and we thank you for our family salvation we thank you for our friends and family Lord coming to Christ this year we thank you we're going to see mighty miracles and healings and salvations and it's by the word of God we're going to see it and it's by the spirit of God you're going to do it and so we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Why don't we give Jesus a massive round of applause?